his hair. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The Democrats stand up on the floor of the Senate and explain to the American people why they're against the border wall. They want 60 votes, then make them filibuster. Use the rules of the Senate, make them stand up and grandstand for everybody and explain to the American people why you are against a border wall. Make them do it. Like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which I watched over Christmas break. But it's not Mark Levin. It's Rich Zioli from Philadelphia filling in for the great one. And in honor, an honor for one of my true radio heroes and just an all-around great guy, Mark Levin. So uh, thrilled to be with you tonight, fellow Levinites. I have to tell you, I'm broadcasting from Philadelphia, as I mentioned, Mark's hometown. Walking by the Liberty Bell tonight, a long line of people. Not inside. They can't be inside, but they can look at the Liberty Bell through the glass. And there's there no guards or anything. Everybody's, you know, it's shut down. So they're all watching and looking at the Liberty Bell, taking turns, orderly, giving the person behind them the chance to go in front of them and see the Liberty Bell and take pictures. Yes, government's shut down, quote unquote, shut down. But people are still looking at the Liberty Bell and taking in freedom and liberty without government agents walking around and and say, OK, now it's your turn. It's your turn. It's, your. it's amazing how. We can be so ingenious when we have to be. What we can do with each other when we need to, when we can't have the government open. Which is why I'm not, I'm not rushing for the government to get back in session anytime soon. And look, I do feel bad. If you're somebody expecting a paycheck, I understand. And I don't want to sound cold. At the same time, I think the government should stay closed for quite some time. So we can figure out what we really need and don't need. Number one, I'm very happy the president is standing his ground. He needs to. Politically speaking, he needs to. For the nation's security, he needs to. President Trump is right to stand his ground and to make Democrats have to be the party that are against the border wall. Once and for all, they have to be exposed that way because they are. Now, some people ask, why would Democrats be against a border wall? Are they open borders? Well, yeah, I, I think a big part of the Democratic Party is. The progressive wing, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wing of the party. She's the new it girl, you know. She's coming in the House of Representatives. And Alexandria and her ilk, total open borders people because they believe the United States has all this guilt we have to resolve from all of our years of colonialism. And we should let everybody in to experience all the joys that we have here, even though they really don't like this country very much. And they think that capitalism and our freedom and our liberty and all the other things that make our country so wonderful to you and I. Uh, are the reasons why we're the worst country in the world. That said, everybody should be able to come here to the worst country in the world. I know, I know you can't deal in logic with any of these people, but they believe that everybody on earth has a right to come here. A universal human right, like Medicaid or Medicare for all, just a universal human right. How we pay for it, bah, it's anybody's guess. That's one wing of the party. And right now, Nancy Pelosi knows that if she agrees to a border wall, that wing of the party may challenge her speakership and she may lose. Now, there's another wing of the party, too, which is running around pretending like, oh, yeah, we want border security, but we just don't want an antiquated wall. We want technology, technology, drones. I don't know what you do with drones at the border. Do you drone strike people at the border? I don't think that goes over well. I don't think people like that. I don't know if you send electrical shocks, you water. I don't know what you do, but I don't think drones at the border is actually really an answer to the question that everybody's on everybody's mind, which is what do we do? In terms of stopping people from entering the country illegally. That's that's on top of my mind. Number three, there's a group of Democrats who no matter what Donald Trump does, they want to stop him. 
They don't want to give him a win. See, the reality is, if you are a Trump supporter, as I am, then you are probably pretty loyal to the president. You may have policy disagreements, as I do. I know as Mark does, as probably you do. They want to paint us as being cult members. We're not. We can think for ourselves. But overall, you're pretty happy about things. Economy did great today. Dow rallies 1,000 points. Biggest single rally point gain ever. Biggest single uh, one-day point gain ever. U.S. holiday retail sales, strongest in years, according to early data. So the economy is good. We got some justices. The federal judiciary is going great. And you may not be happy about particular things, maybe the way he talks about Santa Claus to a seven-year-old or tweets, whatever, but you're with him. And Democrats believe they can break you up, that they can take Trump's base and make it go away if they do not deliver on the border wall. They think that you will not vote for him if there is no wall built in 2020. Now, maybe there are people listening who feel that way. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you are of the mindset that says, if there's no wall, I'm out. I'm out and I'll just stay home. I won't vote for a Democrat, but I'll stay home. See, I think Democrats, I think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, they are riding on the fact, banking on the fact, that if the wall's not built, you won't be there in 2020 for President Trump. So no matter what, even though they supported it in the past, they will do whatever it takes to not have that wall built. Whatever it takes. And the problem lies in the U.S. Senate. The problem lies in the United States Senate. As I've said for a long time, as many of us have said for a long time, the 17th Amendment to the Constitution, one of the absolute worst assaults on liberty in our nation's history. You know, here I am in Philadelphia walking past Independence Mall today, seeing, of course, people lined up to see the Liberty Bell, and thinking about the states so fearful of a strong federal government, they create this mechanism by which they send senators to the U.S. Senate to fight for their behalf, to advocate on their behalf. Now, the 17th Amendment comes along in 1913, and then it's a direct election of senators. Consequently, we get grandstanding. Lots and lots of grandstanding. Some grandstand more than others, and some grandstand nonstop every day. Cory Booker, with his tears of rage, is one of those people. Grandstanding, left and right. So I say, make them grandstand. There's a great article today on conservativereview.com, and it says Mitch McConnell can absolutely make a vote to end the shutdown and give the president his border wall funding. Absolutely can do it. You see, if you watch the movie Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, you know, as well as I do, that in the old days they used to stand up and pontificate. You know, they'd read books, they'd give speeches. There he is falling down and he's so tired from filibustering. Nowadays, Mitch McConnell just says, oh, what, we don't have 60 votes? Ah, forget it. Go home, go fishing, go have lunch. Do whatever it is you senators do when you're not grandstanding and running for president. What he needs to do is keep them in session and do an actual filibuster. Where is you? You want to talk? You want to talk on this? You want to try to block this vote? Then talk and talk and talk until you're blue in the face. And don't stop talking. And explain to the American people why you are against a border wall. Explain it. Make your case. See, President Trump is doing a better job of explaining why we need a border wall, not border security. I'm talking about an actual physical barrier between the United States and Mexico. And it's good that he's doing that. And he should keep doing that. In fact, I've said, as others have said, do an Oval Office address, a primetime Oval Office address on all the networks and explain your case for why a border wall, a physical wall is what is needed here to keep the United States homeland secure. He ran on it. He campaigned on it. He was elected on it. And this is the promise he has to deliver on because, as I mentioned to you, economy's doing great. We're getting our judges. There might be some 
in the Trump coalition who might stay home if the wall is not built. And that's what Democrats are banking on. So do an address explaining to the American people they'll support you. Look, most people with a brain believe in border security. So the question is, how do we achieve it? And if you say to them, hey, look, what's the uh, what's the alternative besides a wall? And they go, wow, drones. I don't know, again, what you do with the drones. Maybe the drones just talk to people and say, please don't come in multiple languages, of course. I don't know. But I do know that a wall stops people, which is why most people have walls or gates or fences in their own home. The Democrats should stand on the floor of the Senate, Cory Booker and the rest of them, Kamala Harris, and grandstand and explain to the American people why they are against American border security. And if Mitch McConnell had some guts, that's exactly what he would do. He's the one stopping this right now. And again, I am not in any rush to get the government back open. I would be fine if the government stays closed for months. I, I mean that, really. We're safe. The military is going to be okay. We're going to, our nation will be protected. But really, would we miss the EPA if the EPA doesn't come back for a couple months? And the truth is, the EPA is there. They're still doing work. The FDA is there. The USDA is there. They're, they're all there, just in reduced capacities. I just wonder if we can just keep it that way. Can we keep the reduced capacity at the USDA or the FDA? It's funny, I was reading a story on the FDA today and it said, well, uh, anything that deals with health and safety will still be staffed. So that's pretty much everything will still be staffed. And I think, what is a shutdown then? Who's not coming to work? And if that person is not coming to work now, but everybody else is, if they have something to do with health and safety, do we really need that person to come back on Monday when the government's back open? I don't think so. So I'm fine with keeping the government closed for a while. As we assess what we need and we don't need, what is essential and truly non-essential, which I think is most of it. But I think as politicians always go, they get nervous with these things. So in that case, the president can get his five billion dollars for the wall, because let's face it, we got a lot of money and we're wasting money on nonsense. As I'll go through with you throughout the program tonight, we're wasting money on, mo- on nonsense. If Mitch McConnell calls the Democrats out and says, all right, we're going to invoke the rule that says you have to speak. You've got a filibuster, then you're going to talk. It Continuously engage in debate. If he invokes that rule, I think the Democrats would blink in a heartbeat. I really do. I think they want to keep their base happy. Their wacko progressive base, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez base, they want to keep that base happy and believing and thinking that, uh, yeah, they're anti-wall. But everybody else in America, I'm talking about moderate voters, independent voters, They don't want them to know they're really against the border wall. And why? They want to please the base as 2020 is coming up because all the grandstanders in the Democratic Party running for president, they want the progressive base to be with them. So they want to keep quiet about why they're against the wall. They want to be against the wall, but not have those swing voters in Pennsylvania find out what I'm talking to you tonight. So call them out, Mitch McConnell. Make them stand up. Make them talk continuously. If they want to try to shut this down, continuously engage in debate on the floor of the Senate, in front of the microphones. If we're stuck with the 17th Amendment and we have to have the grandstanding by these hacks, at least make them grandstand and look the American people in the eye. Because I will tell you, if they do, you will see firsthand how it backfires on them. You will see firsthand how the American people say your party is extreme. Your party's out of touch. Your party's not interested in keeping America safe. And I want no part of it. And that's why they won't do it. That's why they'll back down. That's how the president can get his border wall money. Uh, so it's such an honor to be with you tonight on the Mark Levin Show. 877-381-3881 is his number. 877-381-3881. Again, Rich Zioli from Philadelphia. So proud to be in for my friend, my buddy, Mark Levin. Hope to hear from you tonight. 
one. Mark Lovin. The Great One is on vacation this week. I'm Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, his hometown, and so happy to be with you tonight. Thanks for being part of it. You know, as a fellow Levinite, I know the number, and yet I got it wrong in my opening monologue. I confused it with our number here at home base at WPHD. That's okay. It'll be the only mistake I make all night filling in for Mark Levin. That's absolutely not true. Just fake news, just so you know right off the bat. But again, the number is 877-381-3811. All right? The number I gave out was for uh, liberal callers, 877-381-3811 for everybody else, including you. And I do want to hear from you tonight, as I have the honor of filling in for Mark Levin. I'm just simply saying, you know, you walk by Independence Hall, which is closed, but you can still see it. Walk by it, you look at it, it's beautiful, it's inspiring. And this amazing republic of ours, founded on a system of government designed to resist the whims of faction, to protect the states, to protect the rights of you and me, the people, the states... And yet, here we have the United States Senate. These are individuals who care about their careers, not about the states. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They care about their own political careers. And that's because of the 17th Amendment. The minute we said, let's elect these senators, let's just do it by popular vote, it was a disaster. It's never been the same. And I know Mark Levin has said the same thing on this point. And I'll tell you what, as you walk by there and you think about it, what would a state right now say about this shutdown? What would a state say? The, the, the two representatives of the state legislature, what would they say? Well, a lot of states in this country, the state legislatures are Republican. My guess is the president would get his border wall funding. And the only reason why he's not is because senators who want to run for president, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kirsten Gillibrand in New York, they are so terrified of the progressive base. They are so terrified of the base that gave them Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and almost gave them, but didn't give them, Beto O'Rourke, because he lost. Even though they say he's the most talented politician to come along in 100 years, he still lost his first major statewide election, but they say he should run for president. They're so scared of that progressive base. I mean, it's wacko. And the way that they can get around it is by not actually telling the American people how they really feel, which is they want to shut down ICE, of course, no border wall. And if you make them say that on the record, if you do that, well, I think things change. I think they'd be afraid to do that. I really do. And, of course, Mitch McConnell has no backbone in this fight. He doesn't. He's afraid to make them stand up and speak. Oh, the rules of the Senate, the parliamentary rules of the Senate. As uh, a lot of you know, there are ways to get around everything, but you don't even have to break procedure. There are Senate rules within the Senate that would end this in a heartbeat if you want it to end. See, again, I'm not really so sure it should end anytime soon. This is one story here. Despite government shutdown, many USDA employees keep working. Yeah, the supplemental uh, SNAP program, the SNAP benefits, that's fine. That's going out there. WIC, food distribution programs, all going out there. The uh, Economic Research Service website, they'll be down. The Economic Research Service will be down. But the people that inspect things and make sure you don't die and I don't die, apparently that's their job, they'll all be working. And of course, since we have such a massive federal government, we always think, well, our lives, the children, our safety, everything is going to come to a screeching halt. If tax cuts didn't kill you, if net neutrality didn't kill you, well, the shutdown will definitely do it. No, it won't. You know that and I know that. It won't. And President Trump needs to stand his ground on this point. 
Now, I've asked people over the last couple of days, what, what amount of money would you be okay with if he agrees with the Democrats? He compromises. Not $5 billion. Say it's $2 billion. Would you, would you be okay with that? Was it $2.5 billion? $3 billion? Once Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker, it's going to be very difficult for them to get any money out of that Congress. Because, again, the grandstanding. So the president can go all the way with this. As far as I'm concerned, go all the way. Say you want the five. And don't relent on a single dollar of it. Make... The American people hear from Democrats as to why they are against a border wall. And they'll start talking, and they'll get very stupid-sounding very quickly. And they'll say, no, 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 no. We are for, of course, uh, border security. We just, um, we don't need an antiquated uh, uh, wall. We just, uh, walls. Uh, I'm for all kinds of technological advances. And you say, like, like what? Well, um, uh, things requiring um, uh, batteries and um, techni- technology and uh, iPads and whatnot. Wait, what? Make them stand up and explain. They'll just ramble. They'll ramble and they won't make any sense. And then the American people can hear firsthand. Like, what are, what's with these people? All right. The number again, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Do you want to see the president go all the way on this? Or are you of the mindset, hey, it's time to compromise on something? Just get something. Get $2 billion. Get $2.5 billion. Or should President Trump go all the way and get the $5 billion? That's a question for you tonight here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, Mark's hometown and the birthplace of liberty and the Constitution here on the Mark Levin Show. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Mark Levin's on vacation tonight. I'm Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, and I'm honored to be with you tonight, fellow Levinites. And yes, 877-381-3811. You know... Over at the uh, FDA, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, how will you survive if the government's not reopened? How will you survive? How will your children survive? Let me share this with you. The FDA will continue work that's critical to public health and safety. They'll be able to respond to emergencies like the flu and foodborne illnesses. Now, I thought the flu was handled by the CDC, which is also open. To save lives, of course, and uh, the children. It will continue recalls of any foods. Thank God. 
Because you don't want to buy spinach that's been recalled. You don't, or ever, by the way, want to buy spinach. Uh, recalls of any foods, drugs, and medical devices that pose a high risk to human health. The acting, uh, I'm sorry, the FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb tweeting over the weekend, the agency will continue to screen food and drug imports and inspect any facilities that might pose an imminent threat to health and life. Exactly as Thomas Jefferson imagined. The FDA, that's thank God. Uh, for example, the agency will continue to oversee the manufacturing and distribution of all tobacco products. So if you were thinking about lighting up, kids, the FDA is still on the task, all right? They're still working. And a lot of this is paid for by fees. Fees paid by the industry, which is keeping the FDA running. And so my question is, why can't we use more fees to keep our government running instead of taxpayer dollars with everything? Broadly speaking, all FDA activities that are less likely to have an immediate impact on health and safety of consumers will come to a halt. For example, routine regulatory and compliance work for medical products, animal drugs, and most foods will be paused. All right. But routine inspections of facilities and all work related to cosmetics and nutrition will also be paused. So if there's an outbreak of people using mascara that turns you into a zombie or something like that, well, then you might be in trouble because that work is going to be paused right now. But anything, and I mean anything, quote, anything that could affect human health and safety will be staffed. That's a direct quote. Anything that could affect human health and safety will be staffed. So, again, my question to you tonight is this. Are we really going to be okay with a government shutdown lasting a couple more months? Yeah, we will. We'll be fine. And the states will pick up a lot of this slack. As the Constitution intended, as our republic intended, the states will handle a lot of this stuff. Oh, you'll see. You'll see the states step up. You know, I often talk about when this whole idea of, well, it's so mean, you know, somebody's not getting a paycheck. They'll go back to work and they'll get back pay. But some of us, you know, we would not necessarily have an agency for them to go back to. EPA, do we need it? Department of Education, do we really need it? Can the states handle that? I guess if we're shut down for three months, we can answer that question once and for all, can we not? And that's why the president should not back down on this point. This is a real chance, a real opportunity for the federal government to be tested into how big and bloated it is, how much of it we really need, and how much the states and the people can handle and pick up the slack. As I mentioned at the start of the show, Liberty Bell. Right outside of the studio here where I'm broadcasting tonight. People lined up to watch the Liberty Bell, to see the Liberty Bell take pictures. They don't have to go through checkpoints. They're not dealing with people frisking them. And they're not dealing with people saying, next, next in line, your turn in line. They're just doing it by themselves. Imagine that we, the people, just looking at the Liberty Bell without people with government agents and government guns directing us to look at the Liberty Bell. It's almost ironic when you think about it, the idea of us being unchained to look at the Liberty Bell. Just being free to look at it at our own desire, helping each other figure out, okay, now it's your turn to pose with the kids in front of the Liberty Bell without the government saying when you can look at the Liberty Bell. The irony here is just not lost on me for one second. All right, 877-381-3811. Let's get some calls here on the Mark Levin Show, shall we? We'll start with David in Manhattan, New York. David, you're on the Mark Levin Show. My name's Rich. Nice to meet you. For, but that's made ironically by open borders conservatives, uh, so-called neoconservatives, is that Mexican-Americans and Hispanic-Americans in general are very hardworking and industrious. Now, you know, that is strikes me as being kind of ironic insofar as that, according to the Pew Hispanic Center, uh, which keeps track of economic statistics pertaining to the Hispanic population, uh, Hispanics are no less than 
50% more likely than uh, white Americans to be on uh, public assistance, and they're twice as likely as white Americans to be unemployed. Now, that being said, the ones who do work put a punch of... Okay. Right, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Listen, uh, that was not the comment you told, Mr. Call Screener. We will still follow all the rules of the Mark Levin Show. Mr. Producer's in charge. Mr. Call Screener's in charge of the calls. We're not going to slack off tonight. They're certainly not. And I'm... A little bit slacking off. I mean, I got the phone number wrong and I have a couple of other mistakes. But otherwise, this is a tight ship tonight, even though Mark Levin's not here. All right. Now, let's uh, also understand something, too, as well as we discuss all this stuff. One of the dreams of the progressives has always been since the 17th Amendment and that whole era when they've taken away liberty. 16th Amendment, 17th Amendment, prohibition, going with Woodrow Wilson to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Mr. Interment, as Mark calls him all the way up to Lyndon Johnson. The dream of progressivism is a welfare state, a giant welfare state. The reason why a lot of Democrats are open borders, well, there's the whole guilt. America's such an awful place. Everybody should be able to come here. We've done such horrible things, so everybody should come here and be able to come here to make up for the horrible things we've done in this horrible place where everybody should be able to come. I know you can't, just don't worry about the logic. Just ignore the logic and... Move on, you'll be fine. Otherwise, your head will spin trying to understand it. We see that that wing of the party, they want to see the welfare state expanded and expanded. No joke. Come when uh, Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker of the House. They're going to pass big, big, giant lefty bills. Medicare for All is a great example. A story today. That when they take the gavel, when they take power, they're going to start voting on some of these big bills. They know they're not going to go anywhere. They know the Senate's not going to approve them. They know the president would veto them. But this is where the Democratic Party has gone so far to the left, that they want to stand on things like Medicare for all. So back to the border, the idea of everybody coming here and then, of course, needing some sort of assistance. Well, that's part of the gigantic expansion of the welfare state. If you could just come here and just, you know, you have to go make it your own way. You know, like my grandpa did when he came here from Italy and went to Ellis Island. Yeah, okay, you're on your own now. Go do your thing. That's not how it is now. Of course, it's not. Now it's, well, you're here, let's be compassionate and take care of you. And they want to see that because that helps them expand the welfare state, the giant, progressive, utopian welfare state. I mean, Mark wrote about this in Ameritopia. He talked about this, this gigantic utopia, this progressive vision that I hope to God never happens because it'll mean the end of liberty, the end of freedom, the end of capitalism. But these are their goals, though, you understand. I mean, you do understand that. 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show. Raj in Vienna, Virginia. Raj, how are you, sir? I am blessed. Excellent. I'm so blessed in all that you said and continuing what Mark has been doing so well over the years. You helped me walk past the Liberty Bell. You helped us in highlighting how important that has been to our understanding of liberty at the individual personal level. And I thought that the inscription on the bell proclaim liberty in the land. And that is found in Holy Scripture. That the proclaiming that liberty is based on the word of the living God. That is such an important, such a blessed thing. I did also want to add that I am very pleased that you're standing for a continuing shutdown till this matter is properly settled. I believe that shutting down the waste, fraud, and abuse 
and even these agencies which are supposed to be essential for health, they're not essential for immediately essential for health. The long term plans are all totally riddled with corruption. All right, Raj. Well, listen, thank you for the call, my friend. Appreciate that very much and your kind words. Of course, Mark uh, fights for freedom every night. I'm sure you're probably listening on the great WMAL, I would imagine. 877-381-3811. Here's the thing, all right, and this is important to understand, and this is a key, key point of this. The left, the progressive left, they want to see Woodrow Wilson's vision fulfilled. Roosevelt's vision, Lyndon Johnson's vision, Barack Obama's vision. This is a, a pr- progressive state, takes care of everybody. And you need a lot of bodies for that. You need a lot of people paying the bills for that. So that's part of the reason why they do want everybody to come here. If you made the Democrats in the Senate stand up as per the actual filibuster rules, hey, you want to hold the 60 votes? Then stand up and speak all night and don't stop and don't take breaks. Just like in the movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Do it. Explain it. Stand your ground. Do it. But they don't want to do it. They want to win the base without having to own it. Because that'll hurt them with moderate, independent voters. So they hide behind it. But this is the base. Let me give you a a, a preview into the modern lefty base. It's a headline from Reason.com. College administrator asks student to remove a sign that says, and I'm not making this up, the F word, F, Nazis. Okay? Because it isn't inclusive. The sign is not inclusive. They saw a swastika written, so they put a sign up that said, F Nazis. And the college came back and said, please, listen, the sign is permitted under freedom of speech, but I would like to discuss the impact of the community uh, that the sign had. There are some in the community who have expressed that the sign should be taken down as it has created mixed emotions in the community on how to proceed. Issues of inclusion and the ability to be active members of their community. But they want the Nazis to be included, I guess, in the student. This is college. This is modern day college. And this is where the indoctrination happens. All right. So take your sign down. It's not inclusive. You might hurt somebody. You might hurt a Nazi snowflake. You might cause a Nazi snowflake to melt. So please take the sign down. We're inclusive here to everybody. That's the American left. That's the college left. Now, of course, if they had a Trump sign up, that would probably have to be taken down because it triggered people. It triggered and made them very, very sad. Here's another one. I was sitting there over the weekend, took the family to Hershey Park, had a great weekend. We're enjoying our time as a family. And my friend is reading the Washington Post because I guess she wanted to ruin my nice time as a family. So she says, you're never going to believe this story. In the era of the Me Too movement, hashtag Me Too, some are questioning whether you should let your kids sit on Santa's lap. Oh, yes. Whether or not you should let your kids sit on Santa's lap because, you know, it's consent and it's the Me Too era and he might be a creepy Santa. He might be a creepy mall Santa. And that's an actual Washington Post story. Parents should rethink this in the hashtag me too era. They also had another story too. Don't feel like you have to hug your uncles. Don't make your kids hug the uncle because again, it's consent and this leads to a rape culture or something like that. And this is actual, truly what the left is putting out there today. Now, I don't know about you, but the idea of my kids sitting on Santa's lap, I've got a four year old and a two year old. They get a little freaked out by it. But the idea that I'm going to assess the situation based on the hashtag me too era is insane, but that's why I'm not a lefty. I can't think that way. I can't process that way. And probably you can't either. But that's the base. That's the base they have to win if they want to become president. And so they're going to try to do everything they can to not offend that base. That base does not want the wall. That base wants open borders. 
That base wants open borders. That base believes everybody should be able to come here and then be taken care of. So if the senators stood up there and actually looked that base in the eye and said, I don't want a wall. I'm not for the wall. They'd rather do anything but. So they'd agree to the money. They'd get out of Dodge. It would be over. Trump would get his money for the border wall. They would leave town and they would just explain to the base, yeah, well, I had to do it because otherwise there wouldn't have been food stamps or SNAP benefits or something like that. The biggest threat Mitch McConnell could use right now to deliver on President Trump's border wall is to make these Democrat senators stand up as for the rules of the filibuster and actually filibuster, actually speak, get it on record the minute they are forced to do that so that independent, moderate voters can hear them address their progressive, nutty, lefty base, they would run and flee and agree to anything just so their comments don't have to become on the record. You'll see. 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli, the honor of filling in for the great one. Coming right back. Mark Levin. Washington Post story about Santa. Reporter notes that a photo with Santa is still a childhood passage for many Americans, but some parents have begun questioning the way the culture approaches a photo with Santa amid the hashtag MeToo move. Oh, stop it. They got to ruin everything. It's what they do. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. So great to be with you tonight. 877-381-3811. The great one is on vacation. Good for him. Well deserved. Mark, you know, uh, family is first with Mark, which is terrific, of course. And so I'm happy to be with you. My name is Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, Mark's hometown. And, of course, the birthplace of freedom and liberty. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the lefties have to ruin everything, even in, uh, just a picture with Santa. No, they, they, that's what I mean. It's, it's a national conversation over how to teach young children about consent and physical boundaries. It's Santa. It's the mall. The elves are there. The mall cops are there. Your parents are there. Can we just please move on from this? But this is the mindset. You got to understand the mindset first. If you want to defeat the mindset, that's the mindset. It's a mindset I don't understand. It's very hard for me to get in the head of this. But, well, maybe we can at some point. We can just become happy people. I'd like happiness. Would you like to be happy? I think Mr. Producer would like to be happy. I know Mr. Call Screener would like to be happy. Well, if you want to be happy, you got to move, apparently. you got to, you got to go to Finland. That's surprising to me because I always thought Finland was very dark. I don't like darkness. You know, I'm just not a fan of it. I like sunlight. I'm sort of, I guess I'm like Superman. I'm solar-powered. I, I'm not, I don't mean solar panels. I mean, I like solar. It just makes me, I like the sunshine. But here in Finland, they're very happy over there. The Finnish town is kind of Nunianian. I'm absolutely mispronouncing that. I should have probably asked how to pronounce that before I said it. But anyway, it's a town in Finland, and this is why they're the happiest town, according to the New York Times. All right? According to the New York Times, and this is uh, Newsbusters, courtesy of Newsbusters, the local adult center is subsidized by both the state and the city. Cheap evening classes to residents so people can be together. All right? So there you go. Uh, around 15% of the town's population are enrolled here at any one time, some paying less than a dollar per hour of tuition. Sounds like universal education for everybody. What the town lacks in parking places, it makes up for with state-funded services. In this single small town, there are over 100 sports and cultural clubs, all of them subsidized in some way by the local council. When residents argued two decades ago, whether they should build an ice hockey rink or a handball court. The council solved the dispute by funding both, of course. 
All these supplements are good and include a cheap and good universal health care system, free university education, and affordable child care. Of course, there's a catch. The article says this. To pay for all this, taxes are high by American standards. Someone earning $45,000 might pay more than double the amount of tax in Finland as in the United States. But residents said they can feel the dividend, a society with low inequality, high opportunity, and a strong sense of solidarity. Happiness, kids. You just got to pay for it. All of it. Each and every dollar of it. That idea of making everyone happy, quote-unquote happy, that's why Ameritopia is such a great title of one of Mark's books, Utopia, uh, that comes with the idea of paying for everything. I mean, everything. From from when you're a kid with daycare and all the college, health daycare, you and then racquetball and and foosball, whatever else. And if you can't agree on should we get foosball or racquetball or table, to, you just get both. You want an old Miss Pac-Man game? You get the Miss Pac-Man game. That's how it works. The Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in with him. Coming right back. Don't go away. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. NBC News comes out and says, President Trump is the only president to not visit the troops at combat at Christmas time in a combat zone. And then today he visits the troops. NBC News a little bit quick to the draw there, no? Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is on a well-deserved vacation time with his family. My name is Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, Mark's hometown, WPHT. Great to be with you tonight, fellow Levinites, 877-381-3811. I really, truly believe the media has had one of the worst years ever. I mean, honestly, just one of the worst years ever. And it continues. As the year ends, they were writing all these stories about the coming recession, how any minute now is all going to end, all of it, and how any minute now the economy was just going to crash. And today, the Dow rallies a thousand points, logging its biggest single day point gain ever. Now, I don't necessarily believe presidents have much to do with the economy. They can they can really mess things up. They can get in the way. Regulations and tariffs and taxes and all of these things can have very negative effects. At the same time, though, the idea that you're going to stand around and say all of these bad things are coming and that's your narrative. And then you 
have to change that narrative because guess what? We were sending a lot of money this year on Christmas time. We were. We're going out. Consumer confidence is high. You and I feel good about spending money. I mean, we may not like to spend money, but we're feeling good about it. Retail sales numbers highest in years. That is confidence right there. Confidence that taxes are not going to go up. Confidence that we can feel good about things. Confidence that we don't have to worry about things. Confidence that the economy is going to continue to go strong. As I mentioned earlier, though, if the economy is going strong, 2020 comes around and you're happy with the president, they got to find a way to break you from him. They got to find a way to get you to walk away. And the only way they can do that, they think, is if they deny him his border wall. And that's what this shutdown is about. And I'm so glad the president is standing his ground. You got to stand up to these people. You have to. The left, they will push it as far as they can. And it's never enough for them. Ever. Never. Now, you had a a young child die in the custody of a border patrol. You heard that probably in the news. Father refused medical care for the kid. This is a great reminder that illegal immigration is not a compassionate move. It's not compassionate to have a country where people can come in and sneak in illegally. It is a gigantic incentive for people to try to get here. And it's a very dangerous trip, a very dangerous trek, without question. And a wall might be a giant deterrent to that. You know, if, you, if you're if you trying to move your family from Guatemala, Honduras, from the United States, and you know you may make this uh, this unbelievably long trek, hazardous trek, miles and miles through the desert, to be stopped by a wall. You may think twice. You may think twice. And yet there are some members of Congress who are Democrats. They're open borders people, but they don't want to admit they're open borders people because, again, normal people don't want to hear that because normal people are not open borders people, but the progressive left and their kooky base all in on open borders. So they lie. They come around. They talk about other ways to keep the border uh, secure. But not with a wall, a smart way. This is a, a Democrat representative here from Rhode Island. So he's on TV, Sunday Morning Futures on Fox News Channel. And he, he says now, you know, there's, there's other ways we can do this. Th- this is not true, by the way. He doesn't mean this. This guy wants to make sure the progressive base is happy with him. But he wants you to think, oh, no, he's good with border security. Just a different way of doing it. Cut three. It is not about border security because Democrats support border security. We appropriated in the last two years $1.6 billion for border security, and Democrats support that. We just think it should be done in a smart way. Use technology, use sensors, use drones, use more personnel. Use it in a way that's effective. So I think what the opposition to this is not a campaign promise, but it's just not a good use of taxpayer money. Let's let's secure the borders in a cost-effective way using the best technology that will keep our borders Why safe. Why would a barrier be the wrong way? Why not have the barrier? Barriers worked elsewhere. Barriers work elsewhere in other countries as well. well Why would a barrier, a wall, not work? I don't understand. Well, you know, maybe that some parts of a wall make sense. Some some places it's fencing. Ah. Some places it's drones. Some places it's satellite. Let let's the experts decide kind of how to best use it. But what the president's talking about is a seventy billion dollar, one thousand mile wall, which just doesn't make sense. And in fact, his own chief of staff, his incoming chief of staff, and his departing chief of staff both said this is a simple answer to a complicated problem it won't work so now this guy's trying to act like oh it's the fiscally responsible thing to do oh it's fiscally responsible have sensors what is a sensor exactly what what happens there when somebody triggers a sensor i mean think about your own house right if a sensor goes off and the cops aren't there to respond or you're not home to respond what happens they probably take your tv or something else i don't know you blender i don't know what people are into these days in terms of 
stealing things. But the point is, if a sensor goes off and nobody's there to do anything about it, it's kind of irrelevant. It's a moot point at that point. Now, the cost of illegal immigration is very, very high. The cost of all of this is expensive. This guy wants to act like, well, he's fiscally responsible. He's a fiscally responsible Democrat. But even he admits in some places a wall would work. Ah, uh, this is the hypocrisy of these people, you see. They know, as well as you do, as well as I do, that illegal immigration, the cost of it, is incredibly expensive. But deep down inside, they don't mind it. It's their party. It's their base. And it's how they're going to grow as a country in their world because they're going to keep letting people in who will vote for them. And I look at this and I think to myself, you know, here we are at a time when you've got Democrats going on TV and they're saying things such as drones, drones. Now, what do you do with a drone when you have a family crossing the border illegally? What does a drone do? And I would hope they're not encouraging violence with a drone, are they? I mean, is that what they're suggesting? Because that would be crazy if the drone gave out electric shocks or something like that. That'd be insane. Are they saying that? or No, no. the drone just takes a picture and sends to somebody else. And again, if you're not there to respond, put it to you this way. Would you trust your home security plan? Right, forget the Second Amendment, forget the police department, forget a security system. Drones and sensors, that's it. That's how you're going to protect the house. Drones and sensors. You leave on vacation, you got drones and sensors. You can even put that sign on your yard. This house protected by drones and sensors. I was not a cop around for miles and we're not here and we, the doors aren't locked, but we have sensors and drones, sensors and drones. And that's not going to cost any money. That's the other part of this, too, that I laugh at these people. How are sensors and drones not going to cost a ton of money? The amount of money that's spent in these wars overseas using drones and sensors, by the way, is very, very expensive. But yet here we are sitting around pretending like, ah, it's cheap. Ah, drone sensors, I get them at Costco. It's not a problem. I buy them in bulk. Last week, according to Conservative Review, Daniel Horowitz writing this, by the way, Secretary of Homeland Security Kirsten Nielsen testified before the House Judiciary Committee that the Border Patrol is averaging, now listen to this, 2,100 apprehensions per day so far this fiscal year. That is an annualized rate of 766,000 illegals. Those are just the ones that we catch. How many are allowed to come in undetected as a result of the agents being tied up with family units? Well, there is no definitive number. The best estimate the government has is from a 2016 report. If you look at the last time annual apprehensions reached over 700,000, our apprehension rate was only 40%, which would put us at a projected flow of 1.7 million per year. Now, it's very likely, according to the Center for Immigration Studies, the lifetime cost of somebody who enters a country illegally is about $75,000. If the descendants of these illegal immigrants are factored into the equation, the cost increases to about $100,000 per illegal alien. All right. And then it could get to as high as 140,000 to 150,000 per illegal alien. Now, again, a lot on the left, they're fine with this. The left is okay with this because that's their vision for progressivism. They'll spend all the money they need. But I would just prefer it if Democrats were honest about that. I would prefer it if this Democrat congressman didn't lie to everybody and go, no, no, censors. Uh, we're going to use, uh, drones and censors uh, and drones. Just be honest. You don't really want to secure the border. It's not your thing. Don't pretend like it is. And insult our intelligence by saying drones and censors. But this is the point of a filibuster. If they're going to filibuster to keep the president from getting his $5 billion for the wall, which he campaigned on, and he has to get. Politically speaking, he has to get this. This is important for his reelection. 
then have them stand up in the Senate and filibuster and explain how drones and sensors can be the answer to everything. You know, I, there's a part of us, it's funny to me, you, they say a wall is so antiquated. Well, drones and sensors and Big Brother watching you is kind of antiquated, too. It's from the book 1984. They're all in on that, though. But a wall, a physical barrier, nah, it's not. We can't. No, no, no. Fiscally irresponsible. Democrats have never met a program they didn't want to spend more money on. But that's fiscally irresponsible. They would do Medicare for all at a heartbeat at a cost of, I have no idea. They don't know. But you know it's trillions of dollars. They don't know the cost. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the new it girl in the Democratic Party, and Beto O'Rourke, rock star who lost the statewide election, but is still somehow a rock star in the Democratic Party and in the media, they don't know how much these things cost. It doesn't matter to them, whatever it costs. But on this, oh, no, no, fiscally responsible. Sensors, drones, and sensors and drones, and drones with sensors on them. That's their answer. And it's nonsense. Just be honest with people. You don't want to secure the border. Just be honest. Make your case. Make your case. But they won't. Because they know the American people would never buy it. Because it's crazy. And as we look at our nation, you think about it. uh, If the right of the nation to protect its borders is not an important part of America, then how did Trump win the election? And he won the election because he campaigned on this point. And a lot of people feel very strongly, very strongly. That you have to have a physical barrier. Even that idiot congressman just submitted it. Well, I mean, yeah, no, a wall in some places. I mean, a fence in some places, but, you know, not. But then drones and sensors. The guy admitted it in that clip. The other thing the left is doing right now, which is hysterical to me. Well, two things. The fact that we have a shutdown right now is forcing Democrats to say the word Christmas, which is making their heads spin. I mean, Nancy Pelosi was like frothing at the mouth when she had to say the word Christmas, Christmas shutdown over and over again. I call her the vampiric one for that reason, because she's sort of eternal. And But anyway, making her say Christmas shutdown, making Democrats say the word, is hysterical. That's one benefit of the shutdown, without question. But the other thing that I'm really loving about all this is Democrats running around pretending that they're fiscally responsible. And in the spirit of Christmas, what would Jesus do? This is actually a question that Joe Scarborough asked this morning on the show that he co-hosts with his wife, Mika Brzezinski. And the two of them sat there asking the question of what would Jesus do about illegal immigration? So now Democrats are running around as the party of fiscal responsibility and now the party of Jesus. I mean, it's it, it's amazing. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, again, the new it girl, she tweeted out something about, well, baby Jesus would want everybody to come. Yes, that's where we are. Here on the Mark Levin Show, Rich Zioli, so honored to be in for the great one tonight. 877-381-3811. Your calls are next. Mark Levin. All right, it is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off. My name is Rich Zioli from Philadelphia, Mark's hometown, and the birthplace of freedom and liberty. So great to be with you tonight. 877-381-3811. Take your calls on this. And I'll tell you, it's pretty interesting to me how we are at this government shutdown, and we're all still alive. We're here. We've made it. We're So far, we have not died yet, even though they warned us that we will. I don't know if we will before the show's over because of the shutdown, but if that is a case, we'll make sure we take care of it. Call us if you think you will. 877-381-3811. All right, let's do this. Let's go with Mike. He's in Milford, New Jersey. Uh, Mike, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Yes, hi. 
Um, yes, I. I think the border wall doesn't make sense because we've already seen pictures of people sitting on top of the wall. Um, if I really want to get into your country, into the United States, a wall is not going to stop me. I like the idea of drones. What's going to because, stop you then? I'm sorry, what? What's going to stop you then? A wall is not going to stop me, but a drone, I like the idea of a drone because a drone. Can you climb over a wall? Me. I'm sorry. Do you, have the ability, do you have the ability to climb over a wall? Do you have that ability? You, you yourself. Anybody does. I mean, we've already seen. Pictures. Not anybody. I can't climb a wall. I can't climb a 10 foot wall. I'm not a very tall man, but I can. I know that for a fact. You can, though. Right, but you put a ladder up again. Have you ever climbed? You're, you're going to carry a ladder with you from Guatemala? Uh, no, I'm going to buy. Is there, is there a ladder, like a ladder to go, sort of a ladder kit you can bring, an adjustable ladder? How does that work exactly? Okay, then you tell me. How did they get pictures of people sitting on the wall already? Well, somebody took pictures of them, and then I assume the authorities were there. Let me ask you this. If somebody's on top of the wall because they climbed it and there's a drone there to see them, they can probably alert somebody that so-and-so has a ladder and just climbed the wall, right? Right, but they can have okay. the drone. So then without the wall, what does the drone do then? The drone's going to alert the authorities, hey, somebody's crossing our border. The drone okay. can follow that person. Now, now let me ask you this question. Seriously, I want to ask you this question. If the drone alerts the authorities somebody's crossing the border and the authorities have to respond, it's a long border, right? And we only have so many authorities. You agree with that point, right? Okay. Okay. Do you think that the wall might slow them down? In other words, some people, I guess, have the power to run really, really fast and jump over the wall and maybe use their magic ladder to get over the wall very quickly. But otherwise, maybe the wall slows them down. And the drone then is able to let them know there are people trying to break in. Say it's a, let me equate it to an alarm at your house. And then the alarm goes off while you're trying to break into the house, and the police can respond. So maybe okay. the wall actually slows them down. Do you think that could work? No, I don't. No, can't, can't, won't, can't, won't even slow them down. Okay, these are amazing, amazing people. Um, even if it does slow them down a little bit and they're on foot, we're going to be in a car. Mm-hmm. So all these people who are fleeing, these refugees who are fleeing and making this trek, they all have the ability now to climb walls. No matter how high the walls are, and, and they can't even won't even take them much time to climb the walls. Now, right? They're just over it. If you wanted to get in the United States illegally, mm-hmm. is the wall going to stop you? Yes, because I don't know how to climb a wall. That's my point. I don't know how to climb a wall. I'm going to go to the place where there where there isn't a wall to try to break in. Would you Would you agree that would be common sense? If you knew there's one place that has a wall and another place on the border that doesn't, which one are you picking? Let me ask you this question. No, no, answer my question first, please. What's your question again, then? If you are trying to get into the country illegally, and you know that part of this place on the border has a wall, this place on the border doesn't have a wall, which one are you going to try to get through? The one without the wall, obviously. Ah, the one without the wall, obviously. All right, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it very much, Mike, here on the Mark Levin Show. It's amazing, right? Eventually, they all agree. Well, I've got the wall. Yeah, I mean, yes, obviously. (laughs) I would not go near that thing. But I could, and I could magically jump over the wall. It's like that congressman you heard in the clip. I mean, yes, we do need, yes, a wall and, and fences and walls at some part. But no, we don't need it. Eventually, they agree with that point. And also, here's this point, too. If you don't want a wall and you are admitting to the fact that walls don't work, what are you afraid of then? Just build the wall. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. What are you, what are you so scared of? Exactly. Are you scared that maybe it might work? Maybe that's the question, right? 877-381-3811. The question for you on The Mark Levin Show is, 
How much do you want to fight to get that wall? How long should the shutdown go? Zioli for Mark Levin. Right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, the government just recently legalized hemp. Hemp, H-E-M-P, hemp. And uh, this is amazing now. The government goes from banning hemp to subsidizing it. Yes, that's how our government works, kids. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for the great one, Mark Levin, broadcasting to you from WPHD in Philadelphia, the birthplace of liberty and freedom, and also Mark Levin, by the way. He's a great guy. And I have to tell you, overall, the single most consistent voice defending liberty on national conservative radio, without question, without question. And I know Mark personally, and I think the world of him, and I think that uh, he's one of the inspirations for me getting into radio, truly. I, years ago, I met him and he gave a speech and I said, wow, I want to do what he does because he loves the Constitution. He loves liberty. He loves freedom. And he fights for it. And sometimes he fights very, very hard for it, as you know. And the blood pressure goes up. And I like that. It's good. But, you know, it's it's amazing to me how when you think about the idea of fighting for liberty, what does it all come down to? And you, you listen to Mark, if you're a Levinite, comes down to fighting against what he calls the federal Leviathan. It's gigantic, massive federal government. You can call it the deep state. You can call it the administrative state, whatever you want to call it. It's a lot of bureaucrats. And you can't get rid of bureaucrats like a virus. They, you just can't get rid of them. They, they, they're always there. You can try. You can, you know, use a cream. But they're there and they're, they're not going anywhere. And they know they'll outlast the president. They'll outlast the administrator of their agency, the secretary. They know this. And the only way to really shake it up, in my opinion, is to have a shutdown. I mean, a a real shutdown, not a fake shutdown where everybody knows, oh, look, it's vacation time. I was off anyway. Now I'm off and getting paid for it. No, I mean an actual shutdown where there's pain, pain points. And then you can see what we really need and we don't need. And my guess is we don't need a lot. We really don't need a lot. The federal government, the power of this government, how much it's grown into every aspect of our lives now. That even when they, they, they give us freedom on something, they then turn around and subsidize it and regulate it to death. This is from the Foundation for Economic Education. Sometimes truth really is stranger than fiction. Who would have thought five or ten years ago that the House and the Senate would use a farm bill to amend the Controlled Substances Act and remove hemp, which is part of the cannabis family, and a distant cousin to marijuana, from its Class 5 category and reclassified as a lesser Class 1 controlled substance. 
with the full support of a strongly conservative Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell. And who would have guessed that congressional agricultural committees would then immediately mandate that hemp, and therefore CBD, the oil, become eligible for coverage and subsidies under the Federal Crop Insurance Program. By signing the Farm Bill, all hemp farmers received immediate access to one of the government's most lucrative and arguably wasteful subsidies, the Federal Crop Insurance Program. Congress continues to support crop insurance through the efforts of farm state legislators seeking votes and campaign contributions, but the subsidy program distorts incentives, encourages farmers to adopt riskier production practices, is a welfare program mainly for large agribusinesses, and has complex and often damaging consequences to both the environment and trade relations. Among the plethora of federal programs that subsidize farm businesses, crop insurance already deserves top or at least second place on any list of programs for program termination or major reform. The last thing we should be doing is expanding it, regardless of how many of us feel about hemp. So that's what I mean. They, they go from it's illegal, you can't touch it, to now we're, we're going to subsidize it. That's how our federal government thinks. And, and as a, a buddy of mine who's a libertarian and a Levinite and also a member of what I call the Zioli Army, well, what they call the Zioli Army, my home, my audience back at WPHD, he said, what's worse? When it was illegal or when it was subsidized. And I would argue now that it's subsidized, it's worse. It's just crazy to me. Rand Paul, who's one of my favorite senators, Mike Lee. I love Senator Mike Lee. He was my pick, too, for the Supreme Court. I know he's Mark's pick. He was my pick, too. I think he's great. But over the weekend, uh, over Christmas, Senator Rand Paul, he tweeted out a whole flurry of tweets. And he pointed out some federal waste because, you know, the now suddenly fiscally responsible Democratic Party who doesn't want a wall even because people can magically go over that wall. Magic with with their magic ladders and their magic spidey powers. These they're very fiscally conservative now, you know. Well, it's a waste of drones and censors. The drones and censors party. This is what they stand for here. In 2009, the State Department has allocated more than 76 million dollars to provide stipends to the nearly non-existent Somali army. Well, I don't know about you, but if you're looking for a little side business, the Somali army is hiring kids because they're nearly non-existent and getting $76 million in stipends. The Agriculture Department spent more than $13 million to promote the already overcrowded farmer's market industry. The U.S. Embassy in Rwanda spent more than $250,000 to teach citizens how to lobby. Now, I hope they learned a good lesson there and how to get money wasteful, Wasteful money by lobbying. I hope so. It's a good lesson to learn. The National Endowment for the Arts spent $15,000 on theatrical research to combat poverty. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they do a play, and at the play, people can put money into a hat. I don't know how you combat poverty with with a theatrical production. But anyway, the National Institute of Health spent more than $800,000 to study the sex lives of quail high on cocaine. Quails, the birds, high on cocaine, and we spent $800,000 to study this. I have a question. When quails are offered cocaine, can they not just say no? And if you know a quail who has a coke problem, can you call, can you call somebody and let them know? Because A, I don't think quails should ever do cocaine. B, when they're high on cocaine, why are they having sex? It's a legitimate question. Well, $800,000 of your taxpayer dollars to study that question. The sex lives of quails high on cocaine. Now, quail is delicious. Had I known that they were coke birds, I never would have probably eaten them. And I think I'm going to cut them out of the list now. They're clearly now 
you know, cocaine and sex. It's not a very good. I would. I don't want that in uh, on my dinner plate. Is my point here. On and on it goes. Rand Paul writes thousands upon thousands of line items in the budget for useless programs that not only are questionable, but raise questions about whether the federal government should even be funding these things. One hundred and fourteen billion dollars of such waste in the budget. And the government spends more than four trillion dollars a year and runs a deficit of nearly a trillion dollars. The $114 billion in waste is an asterisk in the budget, but as Rand Paul points out, it costs more than $800,000 to the average taxpayer. There's nothing to sneeze at. So here we are in the midst of this government shutdown, and the Democratic Party pretending now to be the party of fiscal responsibility and fiscal restraint, and also Christmas and baby Jesus. This party now wants you to believe that it's about the money, why they don't want a border wall. And I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy that for a second. They want people coming in. I mean, I asked the last caller, who then eventually conceded, if you are trying to get into the country illegally and you come to a place in the border, that side has a wall. The other side, drones and sensors. Which side are you picking? Common sense. Common sense question. Even though he has magic wall climbing powers, he conceded he'd go to the non-wall part. So would you. Anybody would. Think about it. You get to a, there's a, like a scarecrow with a T and that way wall, that way not wall. What side are you picking? Every, a hundred percent of people are picking that. Even the ones who have magic powers and magic ladders are still picking the non-wall side just because it's going to be easier. It's just common sense. And I possess no wall climbing powers, so I don't even pretend like I would try to climb the wall. But that's what they concede to eventually. They always go, well, yeah, I mean, obviously I'd go with, I wouldn't, wouldn't try, this is the wall there, I'm not going to do that, uh, duh. You know, this morning there was a uh, comment on Fox News, a good good point that was made by a very smart guy on immigration, and uh, Thomas Homan. He was on Fox News talking about this, because Nancy Pelosi came out about the border wall, and she came up with all these crazy points about why it doesn't work, and why it's not needed, and why these are... God's children trying to get in because, of course, she's all in on this BS now, too. They don't believe any of this stuff, by the way, but they say it now, and it's just adorable. So he's asked the question. Former director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE. Take a listen. Every place a wall or a barrier has been built, it has resulted in decreased illegal immigration, decreased drug smuggling. 100% of the time, it's proved effective. People like Nancy Pelosi and, and Schumer, they just need to look at the data. It's available to them. They can look at it and see if it's effective. Is she right about the things that she's rebutting the president on? No, she's 100% wrong. So let me educate Ms. Pelosi. As far as crime coming across the border, ICE arrested 138,000 criminals last year. These are people who entered the country legally and committed a crime against the citizens of this country. What kind Hun- of crime? Over 2,000 homicides, over 11,000 weapon violations, over 11,000, almost 12,000 sexual assault crimes, sexual crimes. So crime does come across that border. They just didn't miraculously disappear in the United States to enter the country illegally. As far as disease, I know when I was ICE director, we, we screened for uh, TB on people who turned in our custody, arrested by the Border Patrol. Uh, we had family residential centers shut down because of chickenpox, measles, lice. Um, as far as TB, I remember a case two years ago, we had a, a, a man had a, a strain of TB we couldn't even treat. Mm-hmm. We had to work with CDC, the Texas Department of Health, try to find a way to treat this gentleman. So we kept him locked up for months at great taxpayer expense. Can you imagine if that strain of TB would have got released into the American society? So, and all she needs to do is look at the rest of the data on the border, where arrests of MS-13 members this year are up 183%. The rest, the seizure of, of fentanyl, for God's sakes, is almost up 200%. There's your data. Look at it, and you can see why we need a wall. 
Now, I would just want to see Democrats make the argument of why they don't need a wall. Stand on the floor of the Senate and filibuster the right way. Don't just this is where Mitch McConnell needs to step up. 60 votes is not the requirement to pass something. It's the requirement to end a filibuster. So if you're going to have a filibuster, Mitch, then make it a filibuster. Get the senators back into town and make them start talking and make them explain why none of that matters. They won't do it. That's the truth. They will not do it. 877-381-3811. The number here on the Mark Levin program. Uh, by the way, on Twitter, he's at Mark Levin Show. I'm on Twitter at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. Would love to hear from you tonight. Let's go to Jeff in Fairfax, Virginia. Jeff, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich. Can you hear me all right? I sure can. Great. Uh, I love your idea on the filibuster, but the problem is Mitch McConnell himself is going to spend the next three days lying to us and lying to the president by saying this. This is the line he's going to use. I will never get a simple majority of 51, so it doesn't make any sense to have the filibuster. When it's over, I won't have enough votes. Right. Right. That's what he'll say. And he's, he's not telling the truth about that either. And he's he's also see, I don't think he really wants the wall. I think Mitch McConnell's playing a game here. Right. We, we just have to be ready for the lies. So someone can actually call him out when he says that and say he doesn't need 51 votes. More than likely, mm-hmm. he, only, he only needs 48 votes. You only need a, a simple majority of the quorum. And if the quorum is less than 98, we have plenty of votes to get through. But he's going to tell us we need 51 for the next three days. So doing the filibuster doesn't make sense. That's the lie he's going to tell over and over and over again. There's also a rule. It's Rule 19. Uh, it's a Senate Rule 19. James Walner is an expert on Senate procedure who explained this, by the way. And he said that uh, with, with this now, McConnell could could bring this up, invoking this rule. And then he would force the minority to hold the floor of the Senate. And then ultimately shut off debate, okay? Because this is what they enforce this rule. Democrats would exhaust themselves very quickly. And here's how this works essentially now. Under this rule, Rule 19, the two-speech rule, explicitly prohibits individual senators from speaking more than twice upon any one question in debate on the same legislative day. So the Republicans preside over the chair and they control the floor. This is from the article on Conservative Review I referenced. And uh, they can refuse to officially adjourn, opting only to recess temporarily, keep the Senate in the same legislative day indefinitely. So eventually the Democrats run out of people who can they can't say the same thing twice. They, McConnell could invoke that if he wanted to. He doesn't want to. Jeff, that's the problem. I, I agree. I think he's the problem. We just have to be ready to, to call him out when he says this stuff that isn't true about why we shouldn't bother to force the Democrats to do this. And this should be the standard operation rating procedure going forward into the next session. They should make a new rule on January 3rd on the first day and say this is the way it's going to be from now on. We're not going to do the two-track yeah. system of filibustering. We're just going to have the regular filibuster, and that's going to be it. Jeff, let me ask you the most important question, though. Do you think it's worth spending money to research the sex lives of quails high on cocaine? Well, uh, Dan in Maryland might be kinky like that. I don't know <laughs> about the quails. I know he likes golf. I don't know about cocaine. <laughs> Thanks for the call of the Mark Levin Show, my friend. Appreciate it very much. 877-381-3811. Your thoughts on this. And I don't know if you know this or not, but it's getting to be very, very tense. Very tense throughout the country right now. Very tense. But is it more tense than it's ever been? Was your Christmas dinner ruined by political discourse? Well, if it was, I have the answer for you straight ahead. Mark Levin.
the Mark Levin Show. Yes, it is. My name is Rich Zioli, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. 877-381-3811. Let's go to uh, Texas, shall we? Raymond is in Lancaster, Texas. Raymond, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. About the border wall, we elected Trump to build a water ball. I'm in Texas. We have a serious issue with the illegals coming across the border. And uh, people should realize, and just look at the ones that are camped on their side of the border, all the diseases that they're carrying, tuberculosis, AIDS, and everything else. If we let them across, we're going to have to treat them. That's going to cost us an additional millions of dollars for hospitalization and whatever. Or they're going to put them in our schools, and our kids are going to catch all kinds of diseases that will have been eradicated from our country. The wall would pay for itself just in the savings of what we spend on the illegals. Miss um, McConnell is right in there, along along with um, with Nancy Pelosi, and uh, not providing the money for the wall. The the let me ask you as a, as a voter in Texas required legally under the Constitution. The nuclear option is just an agreement. Uh, we need to use the money that's being collected for the wall so we can use for the wall to fight the... the uh, Raymond, let me, let me ask you about it, if I could. You're, you're in Texas. Is that why you as a Texan voted for the president, the border wall? I voted for the president because I think I support him. I, I went to the first rally he had here in, in Dallas, and I, I just support him because I knew he was a business person. He wasn't part of the mess that we have in Washington. And I knew that he would make a great president. I support him from the start. All right. Um, now, if the wall if the wall doesn't get built, in other words, if, if he doesn't get it done in 2020, how are you going to feel then as a voter? I'm going to feel that it's not his fault. Okay. It's not his fault. It's, it's uh, Mitch McConnell. When Harry Reid was in charge, he got rid of the nuclear option. And they put all this, uh, all this uh, Federal judges that George Bush couldn't get in because Mr. McConnell wouldn't get rid of the nuclear option. Harry Reid got rid of the nuclear option. Now we have all these judges that are that are not uh, constitutional, and that's why they're blocking Trump everywhere, here and there, and everywhere. And uh, if the all right, so you're going to st- you're going to stick with them. I, I like it, Raymond. Thank you, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling from Texas. I appreciate it uh, very much. Thank you for your thoughts on that. Look, here's the deal: it's not the nuclear option. This is not the nuclear option here. This is a filibuster. And it takes 60 votes and a filibuster, and Mitch McConnell could call the senators in and make them talk. He won't do it. He won't do it. So he goes, oh, well, I don't have 60 votes, so therefore I'm not going to worry about it. You bring the Democrats in. You make them talk. You make them look the American people in the eye. Mr. Smith goes to Washington and talk and talk about how they do not want a border wall. Put them on the record. McConnell won't do it. And that's why Mitch McConnell is being weak. This is the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for the great one, Mark Levin. 877-381-3811. Don't go away. Hour three up ahead. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The President of the United States makes a surprise visit to the troops today in Iraq. And the media is very upset because they were just saying how he would not go see the troops in Iraq. Welcome back to the Mark Levin program. Rich Zioli from Philadelphia in for my buddy, the great one. 
Mark Levin. This is hour number three, 877-381-3811. You know, the, uh, the media is shameful, as you know, but the left, they stand for nothing. They really stand for nothing. If you think about it, when the president announced his decision to pull the troops out of Syria, there were a lot of people on the right who were very, there was disagreement. On the one side, you had Senators Rand Paul, Mike Lee, thrilled. On the other side, you had Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, very unhappy. There were talk show hosts who were supportive of it. I myself agree with the president's decision on that. Mark Levin, I know, not so much. But the consistency that we display is there. It's just there. You know, it's not, you're not going to find us saying one thing in a couple of years. We might disagree with each other. Despite the narrative, we all are not zombie members. You know, some idiot tweeted me and said, Cult 45. It's not a cult, man. Uh, there are legitimate disagreements with the president. There are legitimate disagreements with each other. I don't get fired up over his comments about Santa Claus. I save it for things like uh, the bump stock ban, which I consider to be incredibly unconstitutional. And last week on my show in Philadelphia, I talked to the Gun Owners of America about it because it it needs to stop. What the Trump Justice Department did banning bump stocks is outrageously unconstitutional, in my opinion, a gigantic executive overreach. But getting upset because of his comments about Santa Claus and and I assume the kids are asleep now. So if if the kids are up, you know, just earmuffs time, because this is where I got to discuss Santa just for a quick second here. So he's talking to a seven year old and he says, do you still believe you know, it's marginal at your age. And I was told today by a very good friend of mine, you got to say something about that. I said, you know, here's the thing. I'm a dad. I've got a four-year-old son. Best little guy in the world. My daughter's two. Best ki- I have the greatest kids in the world. And we've watched a lot of Christmas movies over this holiday season. I mean, a lot. I even watched The Avengers saving Santa Claus. I had no idea the two, The Avengers and Santa Claus, in an animated Christmas movie. It was great. You're a superhero guy like I am. You're going to love it. I've watched a lot of Christmas shows, and they all revolve around one theme, which is doubting the existence of Santa Claus. The Polar Express. It begins with a kid who doubts Santa, and then he goes to the North Pole. And and there's all these different shows. There's a new one on Netflix with Kurt Russell. His best role, in my opinion, since Tombstone. And anyway, Kurt Russell's Santa Claus. He's the Santa Claus we never knew we needed, but I'm telling you right now, the guy nails it. And it's all about people who doubted Santa's existence. So watching all this, I have a hard time getting upset about that. You know what I mean? I just I I pick my battles in life. And I to me, that's not there's an entire industry of books. And we're doing the elf on the shelf. I didn't want to do the elf on the shelf. I in some ways felt a little bit like I was betraying the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. But then again, I realized it's not the government. It's it's an elf. And but he does go back to the North Pole and he, you know, he rats out the kids. Or it tells them how good they're being. Tell Santa and the other elves how good the kids are being. And in this case, my kids were very good because Santa was very generous to them on Christmas morning. And watching my kids light up, their faces light up when they went down there on Christmas morning. Oh, it was a beautiful sight. And that elf gave them a good report. I hope I'm not setting them up for the NSA or any of the other metadata gathering, the unconstitutional spying. I hope I'm not. But I'm consistent on that point, too. James Clapper should be in prison. Oh, yes, James Clapper, the guy, the, the national security guy under Obama, who lied before Congress when he was asked the question, are you spying on the American people? And he said no. And he was under oath. That's called perjury. Lying to Congress is a federal offense. Why was he never charged with a crime? 
Was there no Robert Mueller back then to charge him? Actually, no, there was. Robert Mueller was around there. Was there no James Comey? He was around, too. Why is it that when that guy lied, the one clapper who's always on TV now, you you cannot turn on CNN or MSNBC and not see James Clapper, the former director of national intelligence, whatever his title was, consistently criticizing President Trump and consistently saying that we are going down the road of one day it's either nuclear annihilation He's so he's such a war hungry guy. He's going to blow up the earth with nuclear weapons. The next day he's incompetent, and everybody's going to blow us up. It's very inconsistent. That guy lied. I just wonder why he was never charged with the crime. They're very very inconsistent, are they not? Clapper should have been in prison. He should have been charged. But I guess that only works if you're uh, if you're somebody in the targets of Robert Mueller and you want to try to drop a dime on the president like an elf, like Michael Cohen the giant elf on the shelf only he's a lawyer and his job of course was to advise his client and not secretly tape record him you know the 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 lawyer on the shelf doesn't sell you know the lawyer on the shelf who spies on you and rats on you and then reports to the government that's not a popular product elf on the shelf is it's a very popular product anyway uh rachel maddow on msnbc is one of the most disingenuous human beings on the planet i mean the media is shameful in so many different ways but rachel maddow wrote a book in 2012, bashing the war in Syria and other unconstitutional wars. She has been relentlessly on MSNBC interviewing that moron James Clapper, that liar, and other people about how irresponsible it is to bring the troops home from Syria. Now, whatever your position on this is, I just think we have to be consistent. Glenn Greenwald at The Intercept, he he said the following. He called her an intellectually dishonest partisan hack. Glenn Greenwald, who's a big lefty in The Guardian, The Intercept, he said, I used to be really good friends with Rachel Maddow. And I've seen her devotion from this really interesting, really smart, independent thinker. De- de- I'm sorry, devolution, devolution, de- I can't say the word. Uh, moving from that, we'll just say, uh, into this utterly scripted, intellectually dishonest partisan hack. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing what Donald Trump's presidency will do to people. They just completely drop their principles. Rachel Maddow wrote a book bashing the Syria invasion and bashing these unconstitutional wars, saying Congress needs to approve them. President says we're pulling out of Syria. Mike Lee's happy. Rand Paul's happy. Rachel Maddow's not happy. But of course, it's Trump. You see? Now, he may pull the troops. He may pull half the troops out of Afghanistan. I don't know. But you are going to hear. I heard Michael Moore. Yes, that Michael Moore, the large gentleman who did an entire movie, Fahrenheit something or other. Bashing the war in Iraq. That guy, after the president said he might pull half the troops out of Afghanistan, that guy was on TV saying, "I, where, where are we headed here? This is not in a good way. He was very worried. Yeah. The hypocrisy of these people. It, it's just amazing to me. Now, here's another one for you, okay? Uh, Bob Woodward. He's the other half of Woodward and Bernstein. There's one of them is the lesser of the two. I think it's Bernstein, but he's angry all the time on TV. And then there's Woodward, who's still going off of that book and the movie with Robert Redford from 75 years ago. Well, he's always on TV now. His book did not sell well. Did not sell well. All the president's men did in the 1970s. But this book, his new book, did not sell well. So he's got to keep going out there trying to ratchet it up. He goes on TV over the weekend. He says, we're in a governing crisis. Not just another government shutdown. It's a governing crisis. A crisis. Now, I'm broadcasting from Philadelphia. As Mark Levin will tell you, when you come to this great city and you see Independence Hall and you walk around 
where they debated the Constitution, the Constitutional Convention, where our founders, our founding fathers, the framers of the Constitution debated and fought and, and debated all these principles. They wanted divided government. It's what they wanted. That was their goal here. Their goal was to make sure we didn't have a tyrant, we didn't have a king. We had a divided government. That's why the House was elected by us, the common people. You know, just our our neighbors and our, our the farmers, and most of them were, a lot of them were drinking a little too much grog back then, if you know what I mean. The Senate, selected by the states. The states send their representatives. And the president, the only person elected nationally, and they, it was a slow, deliberative process designed to withstand the winds of faction. Faction. In the Federalist Papers, it says, you know, that that liberty is to faction as air is to fire. And that's the problem. And you got to contain faction. So here you have a president saying, this is what I want. And you have a, 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 a Democrat fraud senator named Chuck Schumer saying, well, this is what I want. And then you have Nancy Pelosi saying, this is what I want. In addition to a young intern for, for a blood meal. Well, that's for a different show. And they're sitting there and they're divided over this point. And Bob Woodward says, this is a governing crisis. So you have exactly what we had at the founding of this country, a divided government. Now, you may have had a conversation over Christmas dinner about the state of America. And some people say it's never been this bad before. Well, actually, founding of our country, the battles between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists over the power of the federal government, the power of the states, power of the individual, it's pretty divided back then. We've never been this nation that's held hands and said, we all agree, kumbaya, never. Now, we have at certain times. In war, when the United States, the greatest country on earth, defeated the Nazis, for example, there are times when the country rallies together. There are other times where it's very, very divided. But you'll listen to these talking heads and they'll go around, it's never been like this before. It's just so, it's the worst it's ever been. And so when we have divided government now, they turn around and call it a crisis. But which is it, though? Is, is Trump a dictator who's trying to get what he wants and just ignoring the legislative branch, ignoring the courts? No, no, he's not in contempt of court on anything, unlike the previous president, Barack Obama. This president's not in contempt of court. I love it that they say he's this dictator. He's this fascist dictator taking over everything. He's deregulating things. I'd like to see him go even further. He's not privatizing things. He's not the, the, the states taking over and running everything. And he's he's fighting with the legislative branch. As opposed to turning around and saying, ah, you know, doing it my way. I don't, I don't need you people. And when that happens, what does Bob Woodward say? We are in a governing crisis. A crisis. Because the president is not acting like a king. Like a tyrant. So here we are in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, and people are lined up today to see the Liberty Bell. Beautiful sight, even though it's closed. There's a window there, which was not covered up. You know, the government shut down in the last administration... This is not a joke. They literally use black sheets to cover monuments up. So you couldn't look at things during a shutdown. You were not allowed to see them. Your eyes may burn or something. So here are people lined up the Liberty Bell. No armed agents of government around to make to make sure everybody's behaving. Just citizens and tourists and visitors all lined up, being respectful of each other and their time with the Liberty Bell. No government needed. And uh, and that's happening. And you're thinking about liberty and you think about the fight for liberty and the idea that we have to make sure the president's not a king. And President Trump is battling with the legislative branch. And that's a crisis. 
You see what I mean? They're absolute utter frauds, each and every one of them. They really are. And I'm glad that there's someone like Glenn Greenwald who can call out somebody like Rachel Maddow because she's a fraud. Cuomo, Chris Cuomo on CNN, that guy, I call him the lesser Cuomo because his brother's the governor of New York and he's out of his mind. The governor, he named a bridge after his father. The Tappanzee Bridge, they built it with, I don't know, $17 trillion or whatever it is. And they, he calls it, it's the Mario M. Cuomo, Governor Mario M. Cuomo Bridge. At the time he did it, he had presidential ambitions. Could you imagine a Republican governor doing that? Naming a bridge after essentially yourself, your last name, where everybody's going to see? Instead, the media gushing over it. Nor O'Donnell went to the top when they opened the bridge. What an amazing accomplishment this was. And there's Cuomo you know, that was never that great, but we made it great. And he's getting all this publicity, Cuomo, Cuomo, taxpayer dollars. They don't call that out. Why would they? And here's his brother, Chris Cuomo on CNN, constantly now going after President Trump. He's got a platform to do it at the 9 p.m. show on CNN, the 17th highest rated 9 p.m. show on cable. I kid you not. Consistently in third place. But he's there every night. Joe Scarborough in the morning, morning Joe, or as Mark calls him, morning schmo. All right, we got a lot to get to here. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich Zioli, in for Mark Levin. Your calls, your thoughts are next. Don't go away. Mark Levin. All right, 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin program. Rich Zioli sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. An honor, truly an honor to be with you, my fellow Levinites, having a great conversation. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas, wonderful holiday season. Hope you have a happy new year. And uh, thank you for hanging out with me tonight. It's, it's, I'm having so much fun. I said to Mr. Producer, time's flying. I said to Mr. Call Screener, time's also flying, especially for people who've been on hold. Patiently, I add. So thank you for that. Uh, let's go to Donald. He's in Little Falls, New Jersey, patiently holding on the Mark Levin Show. Donald, go ahead, sir. Hey, good evening. I think that uh, Ms. Pelosi and Mr. Schumer could uh, be a little bit more supportive of the president. I think they're pretty much jealous of his success. There's an article on the, on the wall. Um, it's Danielle Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. All right, thank you for that. Waited all that time to get in a plug we're not going to let him do on the air. What is it? Well, you think what? Mark's not home. Mr. Producer's falling asleep with the switch. No, sir. No, sir. He's better. He's on his A game tonight. You know, the state of New York is crazy. I, I don't even know how to tell you this. I'm in Philadelphia. Thank God. But New York is insane. First of all, the governor there, Andrew Cuomo, with its, you know, America's nah, it's not that great. Like it's a bad golf club or something like that. That guy names a bridge after his dad. The senator from New York, Kirsten Gillibrand, She's one of the first ones out there saying abolish ICE. The mayor of New York, that idiot, Bill de Blasio, he, his new idea now, he was against legalizing marijuana, right? Re- recreational marijuana. Now he's decided he's all in, but only if they get a $10 million fund to ensure marijuana sales justice, whatever the hell that means. So they're going to subsidize now people selling pot. So they go from arresting people to, to now subsidizing people selling it. This has got to be a government program to right the wrongs and the inequality and inequity. And that's insane. That's insane. The government can't, whenever the left legalizes anything or tries to give freedom in something, remember, it's only to tax you, regulate you, and to do something with justice. My governor in New York, uh, New Jersey, this guy, Phil Murphy, 
This guy, first of all, there's a major scandal going on in the state of New Jersey. You've probably never heard of if you're outside of this region regarding a, a young woman who claimed she was raped by a senior staffer in his administration. And the, there's email correspondence between her and the governor. They're having now hearings in Trenton, New Jersey, bipartisan hearings, Democrats and Republicans. What did Governor Phil Murphy know and when did he know it? Have you heard about this anywhere outside of our area? Nope. It has not been covered on CNN, has not been covered on MSNBC. Do you remember the whole thing with Justice Kavanaugh? Now, Governor Phil Murphy came out and said he would not support Judge Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court because of uh, every all women are to be believed, he said. All women are to be believed. Okay. Do you also remember the the bridge issue? How much coverage that got nationally because he had presidential ambitions? This issue is getting zero national coverage because he's a Democrat. That's what I mean about the media. If he were a Republican right now, they'd be calling for his head. It'd be nonstop. But he's a Democrat and a progressive and a lefty, so they love him. This is the Mark Levin Show. So glad you're here tonight. Rich Zioli in for the great one. Be right back. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. What would you call an attorney general who has uh, 1,700 employees and has decided to make it her quest to go after the president of the United States of America? I would call that a police state. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli from Philadelphia in for the great one, Mark Levin. Thanks for being part of the show tonight. Really, truly appreciate it. It's an honor to be with you, my fellow Levinites. This is what's happening in New York. Now, I know Mark has touched on this. And I know Mark has said that there needs to be charges filed against the incoming attorney general of the state of New York. With no evidence of a crime, she has said she will use her entire office to investigate the president of the United States from the state of New York, where President Trump can't pardon anybody of a state crime. Presidents can't do that. He can't shut it down. And this is what the attorney general in the state of New York has. 18, I'm sorry, 1,800 employees, including over 700 attorneys. They also have forensic accountants, legal assistants, scientists, investigators, and support staff. Now, this is not how it's supposed to work in our republic, where the government says, ah, you know what, we're going to keep looking until we find something. We've got unlimited resources, unlimited money, unlimited time, and we will keep coming and coming and coming until we find something on you. And I'll tell you what, if the government wants to get you, they'll get you, because they can find something on anybody, especially with that kind of manpower. Excuse me, person power. I don't want to offend anyone but this is what i mean this is why is the left not concerned about this because they're hypocrites this is a police state when the government uses its law enforcement division for politics that's what happened in east germany it's what happened in the soviet union it's what this is what probably still happens in russia and many places around the world lefty places like china and the socialist dream of cuba Cuba. But this is why the left won't say anything about it. They're happy about this. This is the government saying, let's go on a fishing expedition. Unlimited money, unlimited power, unlimited resources, and find something on an American president and his family and his associates, and we'll find something. There are no civil libertarians left. Dershowitz maybe, but that's really it. The ACLU, they're frauds. The ACLU, you think they would say anything about this? Nope. And so that's why I wanted to bring that up to you. The new attorney general of the state of New York takes office soon. 
And you got a lot of uh, very strange people in New York, uh, Kevin Spacey and others. You know, there's all kinds of issues with a lot of the people there. There's corruption in New York and the legislature. There's, uh, But instead of that, they're going to focus on the president, not because they have evidence of a crime, because they will find something. They'll find something. This is not America. That's not America. That's not how it's supposed to work. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights... Something that Mark Levin is so proud of and talks about all the time is designed to protect you from your government. And here we go. Completely now a state saying we will we got to whatever it takes. All right. Eight, seven, seven, three, eight, one, three, eight, one, one. Jeff in Fairfax, Virginia, on the Mark Levin show. How are you, Jeff? I'm good, Rich. I'm double dipping tonight. Listen, I just got off the air with you, and you discussed the uh, filibuster issue with another person, and you started talking about the 60-vote cloture threshold. That's really not the issue. We don't want a cloture vote. That would be a disaster. Why? Because after cloture votes are are taken, you have to waste 30 hours of non-activity before you can have another uh, activity, and they can vote for another 30 hours. And? That's the wrinkle in the clo- in the cloture vote. No, no, no. We don't want- it's, hang on, hang on. What you get with that, if you get a vote to end filibuster, you get the Democrats now having to pontificate until they run out of time. And that's over and over again where they're standing up and they're they're talking about the border wall. And so you could have Republican senators explain why the president's right to want it. And Democrats will have to say why they don't want a border wall. And then you take a vote. And then if it doesn't end, when you wait, you do it again. What is the rush here? I don't understand. So instead of the Senate doing anything, instead of Democrats being exposed as the frauds and the hypocrites they are, we'll just let them golf or drink all day, whatever it is they do in the Senate. No, call them in session and make them talk, make them speak, make them pontificate. And then you can invoke a rule that I mentioned earlier from an article, a great article on conservativereview.com, Article 19, Rule 19 in the Senate. No Democrat, no minority party member can speak on the same issue twice in the same day. And you just keep you just keep everything in session. You keep everything in session. McConnell is in adjourn and then eventually they run out of speakers and then it's over. But McConnell doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do he could do it. That's why you'll never see a Mr. Smith goes to Washington moment ever again. No, they should make, starting with Cory Booker, the grandstander of all grandstanders, make that guy explain to the American people why he doesn't want a border wall. Ah, uh, you see, he, if he does that though, that may hurt his chances in Iowa or New Hampshire. Cause the senator from New Jersey is getting paid now to run for president. I, nobody's seen Cory Booker in New Jersey in months. I, I'm not complaining, but other than the fact that he, I think he's truly now listed as a missing person. Honestly, his tears of rage have not been found in the state of New Jersey anywhere. But that guy should get up and explain it. But the problem for Cory Booker is, yeah, the progressive base loves that. But voters that he's trying to win over in 2020, not so much. That's why they don't want to talk about it on the record. Dirty little secret here. 877-381-3811. Rick in Philadelphia, my home city, and Mark Levin's as well. Hello, Rick. Hello, my main man, Rich. Um, Tuscany Rick here. Very good, sir. <laughs> I just want to give you kudos for hitting it out of the park tonight on the Mark Levin Show. Well, I appreciate that. But you know what? Uh, it's really uh, my honor because the the audience is great. Mr. Producer is great. Mr. Call Screener is great. And I'm just reading the script, so it's easy. <laughs> and you're sitting in your nice, cozy nest in in South Philly. 
What do Democrats do all day, Rick, if they're not pontificating on the floor of the Senate? What's your prediction? I have no idea. The, the only thing I can think is that they're just going to sit back on their laurels and wait for their base to come out and vote. Who knows? Yeah, I want to get these people on record of why they oppose the wall. Don't you think? I think that'd be a great idea. Get them to say it. Get, get Put it out there on, on record on national TV why they're against the wall. Well, it's like you say, they can't. They can't say it because their tongues will get stuck in their throats. Yeah. Are you okay with the government shutdown? Are you going to be all right? Oh, I'm fine. I, okay. I, I checked my bank account today. My Social Security check came in. All right. All right so I, I know what's happening. It's the uninformed masses that don't know what's happening, which really <laughs> kind of ticks me off. But Well. And there's a lot of them, my friend. Rick, thanks, brother. Always a, a great time to talk to you, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling the Mark Levin Show. 877-381-3811. Good friend of mine from WPHD in Philadelphia, where I broadcast from 3 to 6 every day before Mark Levin, where I lead into Mark Levin. So if you'd love for you to come by and and, uh, and listen to the show, if you would, that'd be great. Love to have you. There's a... Uh, as part of the media cover-up of stories you don't hear about, I had a couple of people tweet me and say, it's the first time I've even heard of this New Jersey rape scandal. Yeah, I know. You have a bipartisan legislative Senate committee in Trenton, led by a Democrat, by the way, the Senate President Steve Sweeney, holding this this these hearings. And the young woman testified and said, I told the governor's chief counsel, I told the governor's chief of staff, nobody did anything. They hired this guy anyway. And the, the governor, you know, he, she had an email exchange with him. Nobody outside of our area knows about this. He's a Democrat governor. And that's why I get angry. Now, what you do hear about, though, of course, is you hear over and over again about, and I don't know if she's telling the truth. I have no idea, right? Oh, I do know this, though. In the Me Too era, I thought every woman's to be believed automatically. And I also thought that since these hypocrites were saying Judge Kavanaugh should not be confirmed as a justice, they should be saying the same thing right now, that Phil Murphy should resign as governor of New Jersey if he knew about it. And all the people in his administration who knew about it and did nothing, just kept this guy on the payroll, making $140,000 a year, even though he was accused of rape by a high-ranking Murphy staffer. So all these people should lose their jobs, too. I mean, if we're being consistent, right? And CNN and MSNBC should be over there covering it nonstop like they did the bridge scandal, like they did with Bridgegate. Because here you have a governor with national political ambitions. Phil Murphy, in addition to being a progressive kook, was Barack Obama's ambassador to Germany. And this is not the first time he's had issues and scandals. But it's silence and crickets because he's a Democrat. He's a good guy. Hey, he's a sanctuary city guy. He's a sanctuary state guy. He's a $15 minimum wage guy. He's a climate justice guy. So Zippo on the coverage of this. And who cares about this young woman or allegations? It's absolute frauds. Now, this is CBS now, right? Uh, CBS this morning, national show, suggesting now what Customs and Border Patrol. I got to tell you, you know, I'm the I'm the son of a policeman. My dad was a lieutenant with the Port Authority in New York. Very proud of him. He wrote a book about his uh, recovery team after 9-11, Recovery Team Romeo. I know Mark Levin's dad, late, great Jack Levin, wrote a book, Our Police, which uh, I'd like Mark to sign for my kids at some point very soon. But, you know, I, people are they're, they're good guys and good, good women here trying to just do their job and defend America. And now they're being they're, they're not only being accused without any evidence, by the way, of killing kids. They're also now being accused by the media of covering it up. 
Uh, this is now CBS This Morning. All right. Cut number four. In our reporting earlier, Commissioner, uh, it was that the child had a 103 degree fever earlier in the day. Why bring a sick child back to a detention center instead of keeping him at the hospital? Well, that's a call made by the, the medical professionals. But are you satisfied with the medical conditions and facilities, I guess, resources that are available at these detention centers? Should sick children come back into your custody there? I'm curious. We know of two children who have died in the past month. Can you guarantee us that there are not more children that we have not heard about that have also passed away? Certainly there are not more children that you have not heard about. You believe that? They're accusing them of hiding the bodies of children. Like they're covering this up. That's the accusation by the media. But they're allowed to make that because they're making it against the Republican administration. It fits their narrative. So they're allowed to do it. And it's fine. Nobody cares. I care. You care. We care. Well, we care, of course. We care. It's like the time that uh, Cuomo... Now, the lesser, as I call them, and Don Lemon, as they do the little dumb handoff every night on CNN, one time said, and there are outrageous moments, and Newsbusters did a great job compiling all of the times that uh, Cuomo and the others there on CNN and MSNBC said ridiculous things. But they, they, they literally said, if you're a Trump supporter, you'd be, you, you'd be fine with killing your parents if the president told you to. You know, it's, it's mind-boggling what they think of you, but this is the basket of deplorables thing, right? They think so little of you, so poorly of you, and they refuse to think that you could be a good person, and they won't, and that's why they'll keep losing. That's the truth. That's really, truly the truth. 877-381-3811. Here on the Mark Levin Show, Rich Zioli, an honor to fill in for the great one tonight, an absolute honor. Your thoughts on this, your calls on this, and President Trump standing strong today on the shutdown and visiting the troops on a great day for the economy. Don't go away. Mark Levin. Great to be with you tonight on the Mark Levin Show, my radio inspiration. My name is Rich Zioli, and thank you for being part of the show. You know, the uh, children being held in detention centers... The Flores dissent decree, which required the government to separate them so that they would not be uh, around uh, human traffickers, was one of the ACLU's uh, brainchild of the ACLU. And then, of course, there are rogue courts. But, of course, that's something that's really talked about outside of uh, conservative media. I will also mention to you, you know, the idea there's a my wife is from upstate New York. We, we do not talk politics with her family under any circumstances. I didn't even tell him I was filling in for Mark Levin tonight. I normally would, but I, I just, you know, that's what I mean. We, we just don't talk about it. But they're up there. There's a prison up there, uh, up in Donamore, Donamore, New York. And there was a prison escape a few years ago. In fact, there's a doc, there's a Showtime made a show about it. It's pretty good. There's a prison escape, and these two guys basically pulled the Shawshank Redemption, and they got out of the prison. They escaped. And I won't tell you how it ends, but they had to get around the prison wall. And you know, there's somebody who sent me a note as a prison guard. They have a 100% success rate of keeping people inside the prison because of the wall. But yeah, we're supposed to believe, though, that the wall will not keep people out of the United States. That the, the magic wall that people can climb over, the southern wall gives them wall-climbing powers that otherwise people just don't possess. Yeah, how many prisoners climb out of prison? Not many. To escape, you got to be very pretty creative. And these guys... In upstate New York, they were they managed to go through the HVAC and they had to go through a manhole. And again, I don't want to give it away if you're watching the show or you're reading the book or anything like that. 
The point is, the wall kept them in. They had to find a way around it. Now, some people will say, well, that's the problem with the border walls, that you can find a way around it. You can bring a ladder. That's a stupid idea. Nobody's bringing ladders with them. But can we just clear that up right away? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. People said you can dig under it. Look, you can find a way to get around anything. But it's a pretty powerful deterrent to potentially slow you down while the authorities come. And, and it's funny, the same people that talk about drones and sensors, what are they hoping for? First of all, they're full of it. But let's assume for a second that they're being sincere. They're not. Drones and sensors, the answer to border security. So then when they're triggered, people with guns have to come and do something about it, right? Otherwise, it's pointless. And I asked the question, which is that if the wall's there and you try to get in and the wall slows you down, well, the drones and the sensors can alert Border Patrol that you're trying to come in. Wouldn't that be the most effective course of action? Again, there's a reason why every prison in America, I don't know about the one that Michael Cohen's going to, but most prisons in America have giant walls around them for that reason. And every now and then a prisoner will try to climb it. And it slows them down enough where the guards can do something about it. And yeah, there'll always be the exception, the escape from Alcatraz, the Shawshank, the Dunamore. There'll always be... And But what, what's the answer to that? Oh, well, these guys got out. Let's tear down prison walls. No more prison walls because somebody could dig under it and escape through a manhole cover. So now imagine that. Imagine that be the argument going forward. Well, because people can tunnel out of prisons. No more walls and maximum security prisons. There's murderers in there, but yeah, but walls don't work. We'll have drones and sensors. It'll be fine. You have armed guards patrolling prisons. Maybe not. I don't know the arm of it. Who's got guns and who doesn't? But in the, it looks like in the guard towers they do. And they still have walls. But the left would tell you, well, yeah, but the walls don't work. And if one, you can find one case, let's call her earlier, pictures of people on the wall. Okay. Now, there's been prison riots where then people have also done that, you know, climbed on the wall and hung out there for a few days and that sort of thing. So then the answer to that would be, well, walls don't work. So no more walls. No more prison walls. Tear down these walls. They're, they're full of it. They know, as well as you do, as well as I do, that the president is right to hold their feet to the fire on the wall issue. He's right. He's absolutely right to do it. And unless you're an open borders person, and the, the Democrats will tell you they're not, right? They'll turn around and go, no, no, I'm, I'm for secure borders, but you're, fu- you're not for secure borders. If you were, you'd be fine with the wall. Don't pretend like you're suddenly fiscal conservatives. Please, nobody's buying it. President's right to hold firm on this. Stand tall, Mr. President. Stand tall. You're doing the right thing. Your base wants it. The American people want it. And you are doing the right thing, having courage here during this Shut down, which, by the way, isn't going to kill anybody. Hey, thanks so much for letting me hang out with you tonight. What an honor for me to fill in for the great one, Mark Levin. I'm not kidding when I tell you he's the reason I got into talk radio. So I hope uh, you had a good time. Thank you. Again, I'm on Twitter at Rich Zioli, and you can catch me on WPHD in Philadelphia. In the meantime, as Mark says, God bless our police, our law enforcement, fire, EMS, and everybody else. And God bless you Levinites out there for being part of the great Mark Levin radio show. And I'm Rich Zioli for the great one, Mark Levin, and we will see you again soon.